If you knew you were starting a business that would generate you $1 million per year, how much would you be willing to invest today? Travis Ferris is a real estate entrepreneur, sales coach, team leader, public speaker, and community builder. He's done the work with over $500 million in total sales. Now he's welcoming you to the table. But make sure you're ready. The coffee is for closers only. The mindset's the one thing that's going to keep you going. Coffee for Closers is powered by Collab Agents. Here's your host, Travis Ferris. All right, my favorite listeners, I have a very special guest. But first of all, welcome to Coffee for Closers, powered by Collab Agents. And I have probably one of my favorite people on earth as a special guest today. So we've actually been pushing out some amazing fire episodes. Um, but I'm excited because uh, I have my my lovely wife, better half, business partner, uh, you know, fierce beta, almost alpha wifey, but who has come into our business and our world and just made us better in every single way. So uh, today we want to talk about, you know, working with your spouse, what that looks like, the pros, the cons, do's, the don'ts, um, and how you, Nisa, have really come into our world, set expectations, what you are seeking, uh, helping manage and all of those things. So first of all, welcome to your first official show of Coffee for Closers. It is my first one. Can you hear me? Hear you loud and clear. So uh, real quick, uh, it is your first, like what's been going on real quick? Just give us a quick recap. What's been going on in your life? Let's see. 17 weeks ago, I just had baby girl number two. So I've been just trying to adjust to having essentially two under two for a while. Our oldest just turned two in June and, you know, recovering and, you know, just staying steady and aware of what's going on in the market and with our teams. Um, yeah. And running off of very little sleep and lots of caffeine. So that's what's been going on over here. <laughs> 100%. Well, if you didn't know, uh, that is my daughter as well. Uh, can you believe that we had two children? Like, it is crazy um, <laughs> what the last decade. And, and I think when, when, uh, when I look back at our life, it's, you know, when they, everyone says everyone overestimates what you can do in a year and underestimates what you can do in five years. Well, when you look back 10 years, you're like, oh my God, you can, co you can completely uh, change your life. So let's hop right in here. Um, we're going to just, you know, start off hot and heavy here. Like, uh, like how has working with your spouse allowed you to dominate the real estate market? So like, I know we, we're going to hear about your, your story, your origin story here, where you went, came from, what brought you to Hawaii, all those amazing things. But you know, what caused you to be okay working with your spouse? What, like, what are some of the, the things that were going through your brain? And then like, is that a superpower? So I think, I think when you decide that it's time to work with your spouse at the time we weren't married, we were significant others. I think you really have to like, just make a mental check mark of, um, I'm all in. So even though we weren't married yet, essentially in my brain, it was like, okay, this is it. It's one empire. Like we're going to just put all of our, you know, funds, resources, time, energy into one purpose. Um, so I think mentally you have to kind of make a check mark there as you move forward. It's, it's, if you just started dating someone, I don't think you could really see a large vision of building an empire with them. You really have to like build some foundation out and then kind of get the vision. 
Um, and then I also think I just saw that there was a lot of power in the concept of a power couple uh, that, you know, I, I could bring things to the table that you aren't strongest in and vice versa. And it's, I think in any type of business, it's always really smart to have a woman in the room. They bring a different dynamic and mindset and, and sensory to, to business than men do. And at the same time, I also think that you need a man in every room for business. There's like a different type of energy um, and authority that comes from that as well. So I think that me believing in those basic fundamentals is why this has worked. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. We actually, we always talk about alpha beta energy. Um, and I think a lot of people misconstrue alpha beta with almost uh, male female. Uh, I don't think that's true at all. And I think you hit a lot of points. Um, you know, for those of you guys who don't, don't know, I mean, we have, we have gone through, real estate companies, real estate teams, uh, you know, opening our own brokerage. And like, I couldn't have done it without you. Um, and there's just, there's been some times where like, you know, uh, we'll just say stuff, stuff, not the, you know, the bad word, <laughs> but stuff was hitting the fan. And um, we're in, we're in the room, we're in rooms, you know, either like completely changing our life, making massive decisions that we relied on each other. Um, and sometimes firing, hiring or firing people um, that, you know, again, alpha beta and it would flip flop to where I think when I would get triggered, you would take over in the conversation. And sometimes when you would get triggered, I would take over in the conversation. So, um, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think like the alpha beta is to you and, and what it has meant for us? So I guess if you want to break it down for people that aren't like f super familiar with alpha beta, it's I think a lot of of women look at like, you know, I'm an alpha female or, or I'm a powerful person. So therefore I'm alpha. But in reality, it's like in a pack of wolves, the beta wolf is actually a very big defining force of the pack. They're like a force to be reckoned with. They're constantly protecting the alpha and they're constantly paying attention to the uh, needs, desires, focus of the alpha. And, and, for a marriage, I don't know, this might get a little controversial, but that's, these are like basic values that like I, I believe in. I know that there's a lot of feminists out there or women out there that might not necessarily agree with these values, but I do believe in gender roles. And um, again, my energy is different than your energy. And I'm put on this planet for different reasons than you are. And, you know, embracing that and understanding those concepts, um, I think is, is how you can have a successful business partnership with your spouse. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, I mean, real quick now, how, honestly, how is working with your spouse? Like we, we, I think we touched base on some of the, the tactics, but like how is working with your spouse? Like, um, you know, balance disputes, home, personal versus work, um, you know, what are the, some of the, the fundamentals and things that you kind of see coming into your world by, again, our offices downstairs, uh, you know, we have very much have life going on around us. Like, w what are the integrations, the intertwines, pros, cons, all of that stuff? Like, how do you keep balance with, with us? Okay, so, so there's definitely pros and cons, right? And I think that a lot of spouses, especially in the real estate industry that work together, kind of put on this front that, you know, they're business partners and, and 
life partners and everything's great and dandy, but there's a lot of uh, challenges and, you know, I wouldn't say negatives, but things that aren't necessarily ideal um, in terms of we don't always, we don't really shut off ever. We'll definitely go through periods of time where we're on a different wavelength or in a different energy state, but we never really shut off because our livelihood and our life is built around our business and, and what we're creating here. Um, a pro is that we see each other often. <laughs> we don't have complete different schedules. Um, but a con is that that time isn't always uh, super high quality as if, you know, couples who like won't see each other for throughout the week and then, you know, get two days at the weekend to really unplug and be with each other. We don't really have that. It's just a constant state of what's going on in our life. And we're just always just trying to do the best that we can. And I think like um, a pro is that I can relate to what you're going through in your life and you can kind of relate to what I'm going through in mine. We're both fully aware of what's going on with each other, which I feel like a lot of couples can completely not be in tune to what their spouse is feeling or going through. But for the most part, it's hard. You know, um, I, I think that a lot of times, especially with some of our agents are like, oh, well, you know, my wife or husband does this, does this role. And, you know, well, my significant other does this role. Well, you and I are kind of forced into like playing a little bit of everything. <laughs> like you have to help with the kids and I have to help with work. And it's like a constant state of doing it all, um, which is different. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, I think one of, one of, one of my favorite concepts that I've heard that kind of tailors into that concept. Um, I can't remember who it was, but they were basically talking like, Hey, where are you at? And I think we do a pretty decent job. I'm not going to say we're amazing at it in terms of like, Hey, where are you at? Like energy level. And you know, sometimes you're like, I'm 80%. Cool. I can be 20%. Or if I'm like, Hey, where are you at? And you're like, you're, you're like, I'm 20% and about to lose it. It's like, okay, cool. I'll be the 80%. Um, and really, yeah, it's especially, you know, getting married doesn't solve problems. Like, you know, when, when couples are like, Oh my God, I'm going through things. Marriage won't solve it. The other next step that people go through is that, uh, oh my God, we're going through some problems, you know, maybe a, a, having a kid or a child together or having another child that'll fix. No, absolutely. Actually it's, it's, it magnifies everything. And I think there was a lot of, again, I mean, having children is a huge miracle blessing that, you know, was probably God's greatest gift, but it really magnified for, I think for me and you on all hands on deck. And I think we talked about it too in, in one of our podcasts, but there is no, I do this, you do that. We are, you know, doing everything uh, just to make it through. So, yeah, yeah. I think we're, we're evolving though. You know, I think that as with baby number two, I'm, I'm really like pulled more towards the kiddos. And I think you're pulled a little bit more towards uh, producing. And so I think that our natural destinies are kind of like pulling us in, in the right directions, but because we've built what we've built and we function the way we function for, I don't know, 15 years or ho however long it's been um, that, you know, we're just, we're, we just, we, we run differently than most families. Totally. Which we'll talk about that here in a second loop around, but uh, quick run, run us through uh, for all the listeners who don't know 
Nisa, who you are, uh, you know, give us your quick story. Like, you know, where are you from? What, what got you to Hawaii? Uh, what got you into real estate? And then we can kind of hop into running teams from there. Okay. So born and raised in Queens, New York. I come from a long line of single parents. I was essentially raised by my great grandfather who raised his daughter, my grandmother and her daughter, my mother, and myself. Um, so I come from a very like non-traditional upbringing, and uh, we didn't have a lot. They definitely gave me everything I needed to succeed in this world, but I definitely didn't come from um, a lot of money and a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Experience in building businesses. So uh, we're in New York, and then my family moves us to Colorado at, when I was in middle school because it was cheaper. Essentially, we got priced out in New York and uh, had a better quality of life in Colorado, so we came out here. The entire time that I was growing up, I was in uh, dance and gymnastics, so I was very athletic and very performance-based. My parents put me in those type of things so that I would stay out of trouble, so that's something that's kind of trailed off with me as I as I grew up is that I've just always been an athlete and always had physical goals that were very important to me. And so we come to Colorado, I finish <clears throat> my high school career, and I get recruited to cheer in Kansas at a JUCO, um, which we just talked about this in the other podcast, Netflix cheer. I literally cheered and competed against uh, those schools that are in that documentary on Netflix. So go watch Netflix cheer and that'll give you a breakdown of kind of the next four or five years of my life. I was literally just focused on that. I end up in Hawaii because of cheerleading and um, maybe not four days after I moved there, I met Travis and we um, started dating from there. We competed a couple times, won a couple of national championships and then soon realized uh, when we looked around that we were working full-time jobs, like full-time jobs. Uh, we were in full course loads. We were both working on our master's, I think, at the time while finishing our undergrads. And then we were practicing. We had practice about like 20 hours a week for this very high-level, high-demanding physical sport, plus fundraising. And we just kind of looked at our lives like we are breaking our asses. Like we were literally, it was just every single hour. There was something like I would work till two o'clock in the morning at my Thai bar in Honolulu and then have to wake up and go to practice at five o'clock in the morning. Um, and so we, we kind of looked at what we were doing and we're like, we're putting this much energy and focus into crushing it. Like we really need to start essentially making money because <laughs> we were broke college kids. Um, and from there, we started to transition out and, and really look at our long-term goals and said, if we're going to be working this hard, let's be building an empire. And I think that's when you and I started to look at careers and other things. And we just said, you know what, we're not going to get our master's degrees. It's just going to cost more time and money. And we pivoted. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Hundred percent. Yeah, we were full full time athletes, full time school, full time jobs, uh, just to make it by. And again, looking back at those times, I mean, they were some of uh, some. They were. I don't want to say some of the best times, uh, but they were amazing. They they were a gift in itself. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I, I think at the time, like we went through, uh, you know, always working on ourselves and recognizing personal growth, growing our mindsets. Um, and I think at the time, like we went through PSI and it was kind of like, I'm going to get into fitness. And that was a personal, I think personal training, getting into fitness was going to be it. And you were going to 
sort of get into real estate of some sort. Um, and then we kind of flip flopped. I ended up getting yeah. my real estate license <laughs> and then you got into personal training world. We went through there and then I started in real estate, which again, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a journey itself. I didn't know anything. I, 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 we weren't from Hawaii. We didn't really have huge networks there that uh, whatever we plugged in and, and we were the same way we were like crushing, I think in these other areas to make it by, we we're like, we're going to make it here. Um, so I get into real estate for first year, which you, you were heavily questioning the, fir- <laughs> the first six months um, based we on were, its- We were definitely struggling financially. I think that's really important for people to know because I, I see a lot of questions online of people who are like, how much money do I need in the bank to you know start a real estate career? And it's like, well, for us, there was zero. There were zero dollars <laughs> in the bank. And uh, in order just for you, I remember just for you to take your test again for like the second time, I had to go work a shift. And like all of the funds from that shift went to you to take that real estate exam again. And so we were definitely struggling financially and we didn't have a clue what we were doing. And in terms of uh, the theme of this episode of working with your spouse, I think this was the first time that like I literally had to be like, I believe in you. And I have to trust you because you would literally wake up every morning and I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, I have no idea. I'm getting dressed and I'm going to the office and I'm going to go to the office every morning just like this until I know what I'm doing. And for me, that was like, a, I remember being in Honolulu Tower being like, okay, then the only way we will move forward is if I 100% believe in you and trust you that you're going to go to the office every single day and make it happen. And that is crucial because if I didn't ever switch that switch, either we wouldn't have made it as a couple or we, you weren't going to make it in real estate. I would have made you pull the plug. Yeah, that's inter- that's super awesome, first of all, uh, and interesting because I think, you know, at this point, you know, fast forward 10 years and we've managed hundreds of people and, uh, you know, I think we've significantly helped some people go from A to Z making money, go, like almost trying to usher people to kind of where we where we got but so often we see so many people that we've managed to where somebody and I'm it's somebody in the relationships like is and here's like the majority of people are like no don't that flip go get a job go get you know ooh you know I don't know if I'm going to go you need to go get paid $52,000 a year to go do x and that's like the kiss of death cuz Without that, you just get stuck and trapped in the comfort, the mediocrity. Um, and so often when, when we bring people on into our org or team that we're like, hey, dude, you know, you're making 50K a year. You're going to have to walk away from that to make 250 a year. Um, and it's, I think you said it too, which I really love is when you, when you were never raised around seeing people do the things that you're doing, how do you do it? You know what I mean? And it's a, go all in, which you opened us up with, um, which is huge and it's crucial. And Hey, we kind of, we made it work day in and day out, getting up one foot in front of the other. Um, so real quick, take us through, you know, how you ended up in the real estate industry, how I convinced you to come to the team. And then we're going to go into running teams as a couple. Totally. So there's absolutely no money in personal training, right? Sorry for all the personal trainers out there. Like, uh, unless you are going to start to like, unless you have a network of really wealthy people and you're in like Beverly Hills or Hollywood or New York or something and your clientele is like bank, there's absolutely no money in it. Um, so 
I was literally serving and personal training and we're like, okay, we need a steady income. How are we going to do this? And so uh, you had, and we talked about this in our last podcast episode with, uh, with Norman. And so you had some regulars and they were looking for like a clerk, like a secretary position. I go in uh, to interview for that. And I meet a bunch of people who will actually be in our life and in our career for like the next uh, 10 years. And I interview with them and on the way down from the interview, I get into the elevator with the president of the company and he's like, what's your story? And I said, my um, boyfriend just got into real estate and I'm going to learn the back end. And we're just both like really eager and excited and we're just, we're young and new and ready to do this. And I think at the time there wasn't a lot of young people now in Hawaii specifically, it's like cool to be the young hip realtor, which you know, for all of the youngins out there, there'll be a new generation of younger people coming up right behind you. But for us, it was, you know, it was cool. We were young and we were fresh and we were excited. And so I started uh, there. They offered me a job in their marketing department. And when I say offered me a job, <laughs> it was 34000 a year. And they gave me $200 a month for gas. And they... Uh, paid my phone bill. And that's it. That's what I was getting paid. (laughs) It wasn't a lot. It wasn't that much of a steady income. um, But that's kind of how I got ushered into Hawaii real estate was through this escrow company. Yep. And then I think you were the cheapest, best worker they had there. So if you don't know how escrow companies typically work is they will, they will kind of buy up market share, bring, recruit a bunch of people, give bonuses, and then as the market's going good, and then if the market starts to turn, you know those people start to just go away. I think I think the next thing knew, Nisa knew was uh, she was like one of the few people that was left at the company, and they kept letting people go, and then giving Nisa the the other person's job duties, but not giving her a raise. Um, and I guess to go in the, to there to like just to con- I want to connect where everyone is at, it, whoever you are is. I remember you were like worried about layoffs, and I was kind of worried to where we're like. Every day you went in, it was like, are you going to get laid off? And it's like, that job was so little paying, but it was real to where you just don't want to go get laid off to where you're like, do I want to go into the office and get laid off today? And it was like, oh, that worry. And (laughs) it's every Friday. They do the layoffs every Friday. So every Friday I'd go in and I'd just be like, and I'd come home and be like, they laid off another five people. They laid off another 10 people. Like, I cannot believe that they haven't laid me off yet. <laughs> like, and um, yeah, at the time, that was our cushion. But in the same time, I do remember you really getting some really big checks. So around this time that I was like, damn, I could get laid off, Travis was starting to actually close deals. And I remember... I like one of the first checks that you closed, which wasn't a lot, um, was still like pretty much half of my salary. I think it was 30, it was $3,000 was my first closing. Yes. And I I told the bank teller, I was like, I made, I made the bank teller make a copy for me because I was like, it's real. There's (laughs) money in this. And for me, who was, who my paychecks were like $200 and stuff after taxes, like that was like, wow, (laughs) we really should be focusing on that. That is uh, more lucrative. And 
And I remember saying that when I went to go quit and eventually joining you, I remember people, you know, saying like, it's really risky and it's like, yeah, but it's more lucrative. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we, you know, didn't have any kids at the time and it was just us. We had a dog, maybe two, I don't remember at that time. And so we were like, let's just do it. And so we kind of went all in again um, because why not? If I'm already working nine to five and I'm busting my ass and I'm working on the weekends and I'm putting on these events and I'm mingling with realtors, like why not go all in? And that's kind of what we did. Yeah, for sure. And it's, we still do it today. I mean, it's like, you know, the stuff that we go through our life to where we're like, are we really going to try to do this? Like anything worthwhile, anytime you push, anytime you break through a barrier, like uh, is not comfortable. Uh, and there's risk involved when you're like, Hey, I have a potential to go make, you know, a half a million a year. That is not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy and it's not going to be without risk. And and I think that's one of the things that we were always really good at doing is as a couple to like verifying, Hey, here's this opportunity. Here's the risk. Here's the reward. And then we could, as a couple could kind of be like, all right, dude, let's go for this. Um, go all in. It was like, you know, every time we just not rolled the dice, but like it was a go all in like, Hey, I've got, you know, in life we get dealt a certain hand, go all in, slide the chips, slide the chips. Um, and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it didn't. Um, but it really let us get here. So fast forward, I'm closing deals. You kind of pull, get pulled into the real estate side. You are TCing essentially my files and it's me and you literally two desks, which actually we still kind of have two desks side by side, a big whiteboard for all of our escrows. Me and you are jamming, uh, you know, and then we were like, Hey, I can only show so many homes. Let's start a real estate team. And this was probably what, 2013, 2014 to where we're like, Hey, let's start hiring people. Yeah. I mean, we definitely went through a real big struggle period before then. I don't know how much we want to get involved in, talking about that part of our life. But when I joined you, it was, it was not, there was no flow. It was like very, like I would, I just straight up didn't like the people you were working with and I didn't want to stay at the company you were at. And you kind of were, I mean, those people ushered you in and were helping you a lot. So like you were apprehensive to kind of make moves, but I think like right away, the second I joined you, I started pushing on like, we got to make a move. We got to make a move. And that kind of, that brought on tension in our relationship. I remember just like thinking that, that we were, we had different opinions already on what to do. And it, and it, uh, it put a little strain on us. So, I mean, I don't want people to think that like we jumped into working together and it was automatically perfect. We had to definitely go through like a flow, uh, to get to that point. But then yes, we made a move and we decided to build a real estate team. Yeah. I mean, again, the, the bet, like, again, there's some sayings on it. The, you know, the best and the worst day of your life is the day you buy a boat and the day you sell it. But the other, the other best and worst day of your life is the first time you make six figures forever. All the listeners there being like, I want to make six figures. The second you make it, which, Hey, I don't know who you are, where you're at. We're here to help you get there. Uh, but it's when you first make six figures and you're like, oh my God, I'm still have no money essentially because six figures is not what you thought. You, you, I think when we were raised six figures, you're always like, yeah, where's my Lambo? No, that's not six figures, but six figures, multiple six figures as a provider. I think the reason why is because when you came from, like you said, 
no one doing what you're doing now and making the amount of money that you're making now, when you finally hit these thresholds, you just, you don't want to, you don't want to shake the boat. You're like, well, God, I, I put some, I, I got here. But at the end of the day, same thing, the same concept. We're there. We're making multiple six figures and it's still go all in, slide the chips. And it was like, where, where is better opportunity? Where can we go? Where can we grow? Where can we go learn, fail, and, and essentially keep breaking through to those next levels? Um, so run us through. So we hire an agent. I think we started, you know, our very first team. We can run through the, the very first team. We're, we're young. We're hungry. We're full of, you know, Energizer Bunny. Like we're just passionate. We're going to, we're going to build a real estate team. We're going to do it different and we're not going to lose anybody. Uh, we had a beautiful real estate team, like as far we as did. people, they were, they were really, really pretty. Um, I remember the first hire though, and I won't, I won't drop his name, but the second that he kind of joined us, I was like, huh? Cause we were able to, uh, do a lot more. Like the second that he joined, I was like, wow, we doubled our production because Travis could be doing buyers and he could be doing buyers and he's doing a listing. And I was like, wow, it's double the amount of escrow. So from there, I was like, wow, <laughs> like let's just hire a bunch of them. Why not? And I think from there, you and I just kind of went crazy with, you know, anyone who was interested. And this was in a hot market. Um, in Hawaii, and we had a lot of military clients. So we brought in a lot of spouses and a lot of different, um, different, different hires than we would do now for sure. And yeah. uh, and then on top of like we would hire more agents, and then because we hired more agents, we'd have more production, and then we'd hire more TCs. Um, so it was just kind of like a snowball effect of like we went from like we hired one dude to like we hired like five people, six people right after that. Like, I, I think it was just right. It was pretty quick. Yeah, we were, yeah, it was, it was quick. And that year, I think that was back in 2014. Like, um, no one was really running teams like that. And there I think about three, three people yeah, that I was, can think of. There was a couple, but they weren't, they weren't quite running it the, that way. And, and what happened is like, again, I respect all these people. Um, even today, they they run big big businesses. But I think what they did is they were kind of like in their like my head down, and I'm doing this this way. And me and you were like grinding and starting to build a team. Probably again, one of the newer teams in Hawaii to where the, the numbers came out there. And I think a lot of these people that had their head down doing the same thing for the last ten years before that were like, oh my god! And because we did, we like. I think we we were like number tw like 20 top 25 in all of Hawaii for production. Yeah, I, I think, think I, we were top no we were top 5 for transactions too. And I do remember like halfway through the year cuz I was all I did was track numbers back then cuz that's all I cared about um, cuz it excited me. And I remember tracking the numbers halfway through the year and we were like I was like there's like two people beating us right now and one of them was our former mentor and one of them would go on to be a future mentor, which is kind of funny now that I think about it. But at the, at the time it was like, I do remember the industry kind of starting to whisper around and me being at like a wine event and somebody saying like, Oh, well, this person was like, Oh my God, Travis Ferris is killing it. And I just remember thinking like, yes, <laughs> we are, we made a splash. And, um, I think at, at that, I remember that specific moment, but I also think that like, um, after that moment, I, we got gut checked 
Uh, which is really funny. And it's, you know, it's definitely part of the journey. And no matter who you are, what industry you're in, or what you're doing in life, you'll, you'll hit that plateau, and you'll get gut checked, because I think the universe is meant to humble us for sure. For sure. And uh, yeah, that was that that was because we go on to open up our own company, run it for a couple of years, shut that down, check our egos. Um, But we always constantly talk about chasing numbers, vanity metrics, we were very much chasing numbers and hitting vanity metrics because we were crushing it. And it was just, it was kind of the same thing where we're like, dude, we sold a lot. Where's all my money? Like, yeah. And, and well, and it was also um, for anybody who's running it, who wants to run a team or managing a team or manages people. Like we had had these people. We, I, I think at the end of that year, we had like 20 people and then we decided to transfer over and start a brokerage. And in the middle of that transfer, and we hadn't lost anyone in the middle of that transfer, like pretty much our entire team left us um, in the middle of that transfer, which for you and I mentally was devastating because we thought that running a team meant that like these people were like our ride or dies, which that's not the case. You will find ride or dies, which we've found a couple of them since, but your entire team is not ride or die. You know, it's, it's, it's not how you build. And I had this different image in my head. And so I think that the gut check for me was like the human aspect of it. <laughs> um, where for you, it was probably a little bit more of the finances. I'm not sure. No, it, it's the human, it, the human element. I freaking uh, felt like Caesar. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> I was like, dude, get all these knives out of my back. And, and, and it just kept coming. It was like yeah. one one hit after another hit after another hit, and then just like yeah, just just rough. There's a mass horrible. Like again, I, it was it was it was devastating to for that first implosion of the team. But I think the one thing that, and again, this is where we do it together. Um, what did we do wrong? What can we do better? Um, along with some massive, and again, you'll you hear this time and time again. You know. Uh, Things don't get easier, you get better. And absolutely, same thing like um, thicker skin. There, there's a couple from our other mentor too where we'd see how he runs things. We're like, damn, like he's got that down. Yeah, um, yeah. We manage off the human element, aka like uh, humans are self-serving creatures. They have to provide for them and their family and their kids. Manage that way. And the other one is nothing should shock you. And that is, we we, we try, we, we still, you know, ups and downs on that, but we still always try to, to live life in a way to where nothing is shocking. Like we always say, Hey, what's the worst thing that could happen? And we talk about it openly. And then if that thing happened, we try to live to where we're like, Hey, that's the worst thing that could happen. Um, but still, I mean, every once in a while you let somebody in a little bit closer and they still stab you in the back. You're like, dang, I didn't think that was coming through. So, um, oh. all right. So we have, cause, cause again, uh, you know, You've been, you've been managing and helping and the marketing and branding, you know, we talk about it in 2000, like 11 or 2012, you started pushing out all of our real estate content on Facebook and Instagram, which at the time was not being done at all. Uh, it was innovative. People were turning us into the boards. Um, but fast forward, cause we were like, Hey, you know, we were running into these issues, running teams. I think the solution is we're going to open up our own real estate brokerage. We opened that up. Uh, that's a whole nother episode. We can talk about opening up, running it, managing, uh, you know, that's part of our story. Uh, we have a no, we have a no husband wife rule, uh, on our team for very specific reasons. Um, and it kind of gets into like what happens when other couples see us, our success 
and think that they can replicate what we do. Uh, what do you think about that? Who, me? You want, yeah. you want to know what I think? I want your thoughts. Yep. Oh, um, a couple things. I guess like the truth of the matter is like I think agents are replaceable. So, you know, in a way they can do what we're doing. But it's not just the work aspect. It's like it's the 10 years of experience that we went through to get to where we are that at this point, whenever I, you know, come into contact with couples who essentially believe that, it's like you probably could get to where we're at and it'll take like years of not sleeping and, you know, being up at night, stressing about investments, stressing about mistakes that you've made, like um, sacrificing so much to where it's, it's not even that, like, I don't believe that they can't do it. It's that like, you just, you have no idea the, the price tag, the price tag. Um, and then, you know, in, in terms of couples coming on the team, I think it's really easy for people to come in and kind of see your operation and start like picking at it. Like, well, why do you guys do this? Or you don't respond quick enough to this or like your communication here is this. And it's like, yeah, it's easy to come into something and like pull apart the negatives. What's not easy is coming in and solving problems, <laughs> being a value proposition and figuring out how to solve the problem. Can you tell me how to solve the problem? Because I, I know this challenge exists. I just keep working through it because there's no other choice. If you have a solution, let me know. And the majority of the time, people don't have solutions because it takes experience and time and, you know, you have to give a shit <laughs> so much that you'll come up with a solution. And um, a lot of times for for somebody else's business, I mean, you and I were like that too. You know, you were on a team and we've been a part of different companies and stuff and we kind of saw their vision and we're like, we're not part of this vision. That's it. And we're not going to work really hard to solve your problems because we're not part of the vision. So we moved on. And so I think... I'm just really starting to understand that now, as, especially as a parent and just everything we've been through. It's, it is what it is. They're coming from a totally different uh, dimension in their brain than where we're at. Yep. hundred percent. And the, the one thing I, I will also say and, or admit, however you want to say it, everything we've given out, we have gotten tenfold. So Absolutely. Everything. And so everything. every time I'm hurt, I, I just kind of like try to reflect back into like, well, we, we did this, you know, and, and, and yeah, totally. For sure. Uh, so we're going to start to wrap up here in, you know, over the next couple minutes here. Uh, so one thing that I, I actually went through a uh, or organization called warrior or warrior week, um, they really preach on like body being balanced in business and, um, you know, what is, what is your relationship with, uh, you know, physically your health, your nutrition, what is your relationship with God? What is your relationship with your spouse? And then what's your relationship with business? I think one of the things that, um, you know, is a huge component of this concept of, you know, husband, wives, spouses, whatever. Um, I think, cause if you haven't heard about like heard, like, We've been jamming and running with massive endurance in real estate nonstop for the past 12 years and going strong. Before that, we were running with massive endurance through college, all of these things. Like, uh, we are a force to be reckoned with in terms of the endurance. Like, we are running an ultra marathon and not giving up. However, for me, once I, when I started to realize this and look 
back at a, at a higher perspective, I was like, Oh my God, you're my lovely wife who I should be, you know, cherishing and helping and supporting. And I think there there was a lot of perspectives of this that went by, but there was a year where we grinded so hard that I think we lifted our head up and we're like, Holy cow, we live in Hawaii and we haven't been to the beach in a year. And another thing that I, I had done is I think throughout this experience in like 18, 19, I was like, Oh my God, like, I have not been on a date with my wife in years. And I think we we were like, I was like, hey, let's go on dates. We'd go on dates and it was like kind of awkward. But I'm like, you, you know, making sure that if you do work together, that you make sure you're not married to your business partner and you remi- like remind yourself and them that you guys are husband, wife and a couple. Totally. And you know what? It could be our industry is very cutthroat. And so it, it, it's kind of like this war mentality. And I know that's not necessarily the best, but I think when we were getting into it too, we had this mentality of like, you know, it, it, it's a war mentality. It's like it maybe people who run bakeries together and bake cookies all day long have a different dynamic. But for you and I in a very cutthroat industry, it was very hard to like kind of switch off this like <laughs> grind, crush, like defend um, mode to like this intimate concept of, you know, a marriage. So it's definitely our industry is not easy. <laughs> that, that's no, it's good. Good way to look at it. I'd never, I mean, I always wake up savage. Um, but yeah, to be like, you know, how do you go from, how do you go from going to war to going on a date? And that it, it's a perspective, it's a mindset shift. But I think one of the things too, is it's not always my job. And this, this can go into any aspect. It's not always my job to actually, I, you should, you know, if you're a man listening to this and you're sales and a high performer, which if you're listening to this, you probably are. It, I, I will say it is your job. However, it can be either side. You know what I mean? And I've, I've constantly said this like, hey, if I'm in wars mode, you know, maybe you set up massages or, you know, that that either, and it's, it's the all hands on deck to where, if you triggered something, then I could say, oh yeah, I you got me a massage. Damn, that's my job. I should be doing that. And vice versa. I set up dinner. I cook dinner. You cook dinner. Um, all hands on deck in terms of like reminding the other person and, and trying to be better. So, all right. What, what suggestions do you have for any couples thinking, I think I might work with my spouse? I think it just, it depends on your dynamics of your relationship. And I guess the best way to do it is to realize that when you're going to start working with your spouse and you're going to be in this partnership, it's really about working on yourself and it's really about making yourself um, better because the better that I am, the better that I can function and be incorporated with with you, honestly. And so for, for moms out there too, it's like you can't you can't just completely check out and then want your husband to do all the work. Like you have to really like work on yourself, like put in the time and energy to focus on your body and your mindset and um, everything you want from your spouse and everything you want from your partner uh, give out because that's how you'll get it back. I think that's probably the number one advice. Boom. Cool. All right. What's coming, what's coming down the pipeline. What's next for Nisa Ferris? I don't know. Are we done having babies? I don't know. Good Lord. I know. I know. You guys let us know. Um, I am 
revamping my brand and getting ready to push out um, a different type of vibe and community for uh, moms who are looking to get into real estate or who are just looking to build a business. And yeah, and then enjoying my sweet little babies and couldn't be more thankful and happy to be doing that. Totally. And I guess as I observe you and what you do, um, I see the brand. I think it's very much you. Um, you know, if you haven't listened to or like looked in or researched alpha beta, it's really interesting stuff to do. Um, but I think you're definitely a mom who continues to be a good mom, be a great mom and be the, be the light in the family or try to be the light in the family or, you know what I mean? Um, being the mom that you think you should be, being the mom you think that our kids should have, which is awesome. But you're also, you do maintain that sharp edge, um, which I think your branding definitely represents. Like uh, you're, you know, how do I nicely put it? You know, I know we always say this, you're not like warm and fuzzy, but you're like fierce. And and I think it's uh, it's something that I I, I definitely enjoy. It's I, you're fierce, but loving. Not loving and fierce, you're fierce, but loving, which is awesome. And we're super excited to see what's coming down the pipeline. I know we all have a bunch of cool stuff coming that we're going to be identifying ICPs, pushing out webinars, pushing out content, um, and letting each of our leadership members really embrace who they are and make a positive impact in the community nationwide. So we're super excited on that. So uh, Nisa, thank you so much for giving me 45 minutes of your time. Um, aside from the 15 years of life that we've already shared together, um, you represent exactly, again, it's coffee foreclosures. Closures are people that are just crushing life at a high level. That could be moms, entrepreneurs, business professionals, uh, spiritual leaders. So we actually uh, will be having some uh, podcasts coming down the line, uh, line with, uh, you know, Tony Dolland, who's the campus pastor of Life Church Colorado Springs, uh, to where like when you meet him and you see excellence, there's a lot of cool stuff that come, comes from behind those curtains. So uh, thanks so much. As always, coffee is for closers. We look forward to seeing you guys next time. Bye. Thank you. Enjoyed this episode of Coffee for Closers? Subscribe to the show anywhere you find podcasts and follow Collab Agents on social at Collab Agents. <laughs>